With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, yes. Welcome in to the Tim McKernan Show. It's questions slash opinions slash stories slash comments from the audience, but known as QFTA. Uh, June 16th, 2020 is the date of the recording. Welcome in to the program. It's a program that really is just random, but we take questions via mainly email at this point. Most people do not post them on the fan page, but when I post it on the fan page, then I get a bunch of questions. I got some also I'm talking about it on the radio show this morning. Gangster Pete is alongside. Gangster Pete, what's the good word? Uh, simultaneously killing it and living the dream. Are you really? Uh, no, I'm just talking shit. Oh, I like that. And you now go by smoke? Uh, that's what the cat says. He kind of like it. He picks something out and then he pounds it to death. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's essentially our mission statement. Uh, questions from the audience. The Tim McKernan Show brought to you by the Home Loan Expert, Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, Jim Rogers of Restoration One of Central St. Louis, and Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. And I'm just going to put this out there because we don't have an automotive sponsor, but my wife's lease is up. My lease is coming up, thank God. For as long as you've known me, Gangster Pete, you know I've hated my car. Yep. Hate my car. Um, so that's up in the middle of August. And I want to have a relationship with an automotive company and, and listen, I'm not looking for free. I know it's not gonna be freebies. Now maybe there would be some trade involved, but I realized some cash would have, and I got this podcast. So I it, listen, I'm sure some people listening work at a car dealership. You have two, you have two, two cars needed. And I just want to get it across the goal line and get it taken care of. And I'm not looking for, if anything, I don't want actually something like ridiculously nice. It's uh, it's not my game. Um, and, uh, and on the top of it, I have a, a car seat. So, you know, you can't, there's a paradox there. So anyway, point being, um, I'm on a mission. So email me team McKernan inside STL.com. The next thing you know, we might uh, be in business together. Uh, I would take my car uh, or your car over, over my car any day of the week. Gangster Pete, do you like your whip? I love my whip. Yeah. It's a, it's a, I mean, you have a, a sick whip. whip. But, uh, but I don't like it. Yeah, I know. I don't like it. I just, and I, and I look back and I, I just, it is easily easily, easily the worst financial transaction I have ever participated in. Now, marriage in general is a bad business deal. <laughs> it is a bad business deal. And I was talking about this with my wife the other day. I don't even know how the hell it, it, it came up. I, oh, we were talking about somebody in the midst of a divorce. And I said, I just said, matter of fact, I said, well, it is a bad deal for, you know, whoever the breadwinner is, it doesn't necessarily have to be the man. It's a, it's a terrible business deal. You would never make it if it were a business deal. 
well, if this doesn't work out, I get to keep 50% of the shit that you brought to the table. You go, hold on a second. What? I don't get it. But that's what we do. So th- that that's bad. That's a bad deal. Uh, but but with regard to an actual transaction outside of uh, matrimony, um, yeah, this car is just, I have been counting it down since my son was born. And that, and I was kind of like, that's going to be sad though. Cause then he's going to be three because I got it like a few days before he was born. And I knew it was a three year lease, which also was stupid. Um, uh, and I just, I cannot wait to be done with it. And I guess, yes, on the outside looking in, it looks like a quote unquote sick whip, but it is not my, I don't know what I was doing. I must've been, <laughs> I don't know what was going on. What do you want? Just what you have. Yeah. You know, practical. Yeah. I just don't, I just, I don't, I don't. I, and I've never been like that either. I mean, my first car was a 1985 Oldsmobile, and I, which I was driving in 1992. <laughs> and it had white walls, which was super strong on the south side. Uh, and then like an 85 Grand Am, I think, or an 87 Grand Am or something like that. And I think I took, yeah, I took that to college. South City. Yeah. But didn't care either. And, um, and then I got um, an Explorer, maybe a 97 Explorer. And I was like thrilled with that. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, I'm making you know, my little rock TV money. Um, and I can actually afford a car. And then I was in a, and then I was in trade deals with places really up until I guess 2017. Um, and then I got that. I'm just like, what in the world? I guess in fairness, initially the station was taking care of it, but even then it was stupid, even when it wasn't (laughs) my own money, but now it's just ridiculous. And I don't like it. And here's the thing that I don't like the most. I don't really have a connection to the dealership. I would prefer to have like somebody I can text or whatever and have a rapport with someone. There'd be not, not, I'm talking about like the guy who runs it. I'm talking about just somebody. I'm like, Hey, there's an issue with this thing or this thing. Just, Oh, I mean, I, uh, I don't know, but it's a conversation that I'm sure is probably coming off the wrong way. Maybe it is. I don't know. I can, I can't fucking win. I've decided, but, uh, point is it was stupid and I have nobody to blame but myself. So I'm looking for not just one car, two cars, my wife's was up on May 1st, but uh, it was with GM Financial. And they had a deal where they knew people might not want to come into the respective places to drop off their, their leased cars. And so they said, you can have it for another X amount of months or whatever during the pandemic. So she still has it. So anyway, two cars, if anybody's interested. Team McKernan inside SDL.com. Gangster P, what's on your mind? Let's talk it over. Let's really figure this out. Let's work together to figure it out. I mean, I don't really have a whole lot on my mind at the moment. Really? I was kind of... Kind of going to let the questions guide us. No, they're, going, they're going to guide us. Well, I know on the fan page, I'm going to attempt to navigate this because, and you're just like, oh, God, I can't believe you're going to do this. Uh, yeah, kind of surprised. Yeah. Well, uh, I, want, I, I want to reward the people who tune in for QFTA. Now, on the fan page, because I'm the bad guy, and I don't know how that happened. I just know that I am. Um, you can't participate publicly and compliment me publicly or like anything because then some guy will show up with like a lemon gift and then, you know, a couple of guys will jerk themselves off about it. And, and so all the communication I have with people on the fan page is via email or Facebook DM because they don't want to be called lemmings publicly. It's a very odd thing. And I feel unfortunate that this has happened, but I've seen it now for a while and it is what it is. And so I post the questions from the audience thing every Monday or Tuesday, and then I get questions, but they're via email. Um, and so um, I got a bunch, but one question that was posted publicly was about the Plowhawk and what's going on with the Plowhawk. And so I'm like, okay, I will address it here in my own little sanctuary. 
Um, but I have to, I have to handle it. There is, there is an element of delicacy to it. So first and foremost, um, the questions are coming from, I guess I didn't see it, but I guess Iggy posted something over. Okay. I found it. I finally found the thread Sunday night dinner on regular salary, Sunday night dinner. When your salary is cut 25% in April, Sunday night dinner, when your salary is cut 50% on Friday and I didn't see it, but somebody had a screenshot of it. And then somebody said he took it down. Um, when I go to Facebook, I just, I just go right to the fan page. So I don't even look at people who I'm friends with, like Iggy, what they're posting. I have no fucking idea. Um, so I didn't see it, but I saw it on the fan page. Now Iggy's not on the fan page as he, uh, occasionally will point out. Wait, he's not on the fan page? He's not, Gangster oh. Pete. And then the Plowhawk, I guess, said something that then got people talking. So... You know, usually when businesses cut salaries, businesses cut salaries, and then it's not really posted about on social media. Um, our business is different, our, and that is a very generalizing statement. It's not just specific to the social media element. It's specific to all kinds of other things. It's, it's, it's specific to, as I think I observed last week, uh, I can't tell the difference between the people who want to fuck me and who want to kill me. <laughs> and I, I don't even, I think there's a very thin line on it too. Uh, the obsessive shit that goes on and it's, it's odd, but I guess it, 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 you know, it pays our bills. So, you know, it's the cost of doing business. Um, but there's a whole lot to this. You have to take a step back and I'm talking about not just like a few months ago, I'm talking about 16 years ago. And I was, uh, the guy 16 years ago when the morning grind started uh, who would pop off on the radio because there was no Twitter or Facebook. There wasn't even MySpace, I don't think. Um, I guess they're message boards and pop off. And so when I left KMOV in February of 2005, I was really pissed off about something that led to me choosing to leave. And I've still never talked about it publicly. Uh, and... Um, then, because I knew I was quitting, but earlier in the day, I had come in, they had come in, like a, an executive producer had come in and asked me to go live from what at the time I think was Scott Trade Center, maybe it was Savas, I don't know, 2005, uh, if I would go live at six o'clock for some blue story or something that was going on there. And I said, sure. In my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm meeting with the GM in a half hour and I know I'm quitting, but I mean, I'm not going to tell this guy because then it's going to get around. So, so I just go, sure. So then I quit. Friendly conversation, Alan Cohen, the general manager, who would then later call on my behalf for job opportunities in Denver and New York, uh, you know, in 2006 and seven, respectively. And I still will bullshit with him uh, over social media or email. Um, but he understood the situation. I'm also sure he was like, yeah, I don't fucking care. You're the weekend sports guy. And this affects me in absolutely no way. But, you know, he's humoring me. And so then I think people that came over in the newsroom thought that I had gotten fired. Some did. Um, and that drove me up the wall. It doesn't, it, it, and now 15 years later, I couldn't care any less. Like if he, I'm sure some people are still probably think I got fired, but whatever. At the time it drove me up the fucking wall. And so being, oh, what was I? 27, I guess. Um, 27, 28, 27, Jesus, 27. Wow. God, I'd been there for five years. I was 27. Uh, you know, so on the inside STL message board and then on the radio show, I would talk about, I will, cause I, cause they were allowing me to do radio, even though theoretically my contract wouldn't have allowed me to do radio because a non-compete. 
even though it's radio and TV, it's still in the St. Louis market. And so I'm like, on February 16th, I will talk about what happened. And I built it up and I acted like it's, it's one of, it's not the only, but it's one of the most embarrassing moments of my career where I, when I think about it, I just like, I, I like go into like a fetal position, like involuntarily. I'm so embarrassed by it. Do you remember this gangster Pete as a loyal listener of the program? 2004, five, six range, February 16th. No. Okay. I thought you, I thought you were a listener from the get go. I mean, I was, I don't know exactly what okay. you're talking about. All right. So I said on February 16th, 2006, I guess it would be, I will talk about what happened. Acted like, and it's like, act like, a t like it's embarrassing. It's so embarrassing when I look back on that behavior. Embarrassing. Uh, and then February 16th rolled around and I'm like, uh, eh, I'm not going to do it. I know Steve Savard's a good guy. I understand what was going on. I still disagree with it in 2020. I still disagree with it, but it, it doesn't doesn't change anything. I'm glad, I'm glad that he did what he did. Cause I would, who knows, I probably would have been laid off a couple years later anyway. And I would never be, you know, doing all this shit. So it, it, but, but the point is the principle was wrong, but what was even more wrong was me airing it on the radio and on the inside STL message board. Um, and I learned from that, uh, because I have found that it is, if you really, if now what, it depends on what your goal is. But if your goal is to keep things together, it is better to handle things in the room. That has been my experience. And it's tough because we are in a business, albeit for like a sliver of the population in the St. Louis <laughs> metropolitan area. And I mean a sliver. You might not even be able to see the sliver on a pie chart. For a sliver of the population in St. Louis area, they, they live and die with the show, which, of course, we're incredibly grateful for. But there have been so many things, and I really do think if we do wind up finishing off this transaction, uh, which, as I always say, is not finished, uh, and by that I mean I'm talking about buying the radio station and then all that would come with it, that I might just sit here and start telling some of the stories. I've been told by people who are like my advisors and who know all of the stories and who have advised me throughout some of the stories that the money is actually in writing a book because people would would fucking die when they hear some of this stuff. Like they would, they, they think I'm making it up. Actually, that's the, that's the risk of the book is that people think I'm making it up. Um, and, and, and by the way, you know, some of these people have only been with me for a few years. This shit goes on, you know, 16 years. Um, so that, that was, that was the beginning of understanding. I also think as weird as this sounds, the fact that I was not sleeping at that time from 2003 to 2008. I, was I remember that. Okay. Yeah. Cause now my wife's dealing with it. And I, and, I, and I know a lot of my friends who still deal with it or did deal with it, so you know how severe it is. And I was just like a fucking mess. Because, um, I mean, I'd be on there and I might not have slept the entire night. It just And then just the behavior. Listen, like I always say, if I listen to those things from the, the, that time, I'm like, who was that person? That person was fucking god-awful. Um, but either way, it was a valuable lesson. And then in 2010, when Inside STL took over the content, the ownership of the content of TMA, and I also was now responsible for paying everybody on TMA in addition to people at Inside STL. And it's not like it was a 30-person staff. It's like eight people, but still, I'm now responsible. And now that means I'm on the other side of the desk. And now, once you're on the other side of the desk, you understand some things and you see things differently. But I also realized for every, God, I don't know, arbitrary number here, 10,000 people who are on the worker side, the employee side of the desk, uh, there's one person who's been on the employer side, so it's not a good populist line as to, is to speak from the owner or the boss perspective. 
the boss is never the winner in the public discussion. The owner is never the winner in the public discussion just by sheer, sheer math. But that was, that was a hard lesson. Um, living through the, uh, the Albert Pujols scenario in 2013 and having to keep my mouth shut during that, not out of principle, but out of an insurance policy was a lesson. So you, so you have all these life experiences that contribute to where you are, just like any, any other human being. I'm not some fucking, so it, but I'm giving people the context. And so, whereas some of my peers or all of my peers on TMA, uh, let's rank the bantiness of people on TMA. Uh, Gangster Pete, you might not want to participate in this exercise. Oh, I don't mind. Okay, this is fun. This is good. This is why I'm a Gangster Pete Lemming. Uh, rank the bantiness of the six people on TMA. Right. I really don't know. I, current, I know. I know. I know who number one, and number two are. Current level of bantiness, <laughs> which is probably consistent with bantiness yeah, in, in, as a whole. Uh, I'd probably go Plowhawk Iggy Cat. Oh, I don't know. I think I go Plowhawk the Cat Iggy. Then you, then Doug, then me. Are you talking about banty with the situation or banty in general? Because I'm not a very banty person in general. Yeah, but Doug isn't either. Right. Doug gets banty about Trump. That's about it. Everything else is like nothing else, but my God. You... <laughs> he, so... <laughs> he gets banty about CNN, too. Yeah. I caught off guard by that, but I guess. Uh, either way. You have your scale now. Right. You have an idea. We, we both agree that the Plowhawk and the Cat certainly are in the top half, yes. Iggy in the top half, and then me, you, and Doug would be in the bottom half. But we're all fighting for the same goal. I think you have two tiers. Yes, I think that would be agreed. Uh, and by the way, everybody's life experiences lead to that. So it's understood. It's not like I'm sitting here going, why the fuck? I get it. I, I get it. So, for example, I'm on the phone with the Plowhawk yesterday. And, um, and I, I, you know, I've, I know I've said it before to him privately, but I wanted to drive it home again. I said, here is why I handle things the way I handle things. Because if I lose my shit, it blows up what the bigger goal is. And while it would feel good in the short term to have the release and then post stuff and then people jerk me off with likes and retweets and all the shit that I have zero interest in, um, it would, it, 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 it could blow something up that is much bigger. And so therefore my eyes are on the prize. However, it's important to distinguish. My situation is different than the Plowhawks. So to go, I am able to control my emotions because I am so wise and savvy, it's not fair because the Plowhawk situation is different than my situation economically. And so, you know, everybody's realities are different. But if we do wind up buying KFNS, I can tell you, and I, I'm saying it here, so fuck. I mean, I'm putting my ass on the line on it. I know what my vision is specifically for the six people who are a part of TMA. Now, if, if somebody ever wants to leave, rain, take your pick of whomever. I guess I'm, I'm all in at that point. Not that I wasn't all in before. I'm under contract as it is. But, uh, you know, if somebody wants to leave, they want to leave. But nobody on TMA will have their pay cut. That's just the way that... I will operate. I will take money out of my own personal account before that happens. Because from my standpoint, the way you handle pay cuts is not an across the board. You stagger them based on levels of income. And therefore, if you take $5,000 away from somebody making 
200, just using it as an example, versus 5,000 away from somebody making 25, just as an example, the 5,000 on the latter hits a hell of a lot harder than the 5,000 on the former. So it's just a matter of how you go about handling difficult situations. And right now for every business, I would imagine globally, but I'm certain of media, and I think domestically in the U.S., it is a brutal time. It is a brutal time. If I am to buy KFNS, I don't think I'm speaking out of school if people will understand that it is not necessarily profiting right now. But with the roster we have assembled um, and the model we have built with multiple revenue streams, not just radio, um, I am willing to take the chance and... And do it, despite the fact that I have 18 months left on a contract that allows me to essentially fuck off for three hours and then go try to get my handicap down below five. But that doesn't, that doesn't fulfill me, especially when I believe in the six people on TMA. I believe in a number of people already at KFNS it is, and I believe in the people who I know that if we do buy it are going to be part of it. And so I would rather take that chance and try to build with people I believe in as opposed to just go, well, I'm taken care of, so fine, they'll have to fend for themselves. And that I don't, th I don't, by the way, I don't think that, I mean, maybe it comes off good. Maybe it comes off bad. I don't know. It's how I, it's how I think, but it's also selfish because if the thing does work out, I own the majority of it and I will be rewarded and I'm not going to go, Hey, you guys were along for the ride. So here, I'm going to give you 20% of it. it. No, this is the risk. It's risk reward. Also, I wouldn't expect people to go, Hey, Tim, you lost your ass on your deal. Uh, I'll bankroll it. I'm taking the chance. Risk reward capitalism. So as we get closer to whether or not this is actually going to happen for me to pop off about it publicly hurts getting to where I want to go, which I think is better for everyone. So that is my reasoning. Um, so the Plowhawk this week is on a vacation. It wasn't a vacation that was planned, but he's on a vacation. Uh, that is how it was told to me. And therefore, that is that is what it is. Um, and but the Plowhawk is not off the show, so uh, there, there, there. I understand there are theories and I and DMs and all of these things going around. And listen, it's flattering that people are this invested because without it, we wouldn't have what we have with this thing. But uh, that is the way that it was uh, worked out between the current. Um, operations and the Plowhawk. So the the goal I can tell you with specific to the Plowhawk um, and Iggy is, of course, continue to be a part of TMA. And then also I want them to do more with regard to podcasts and, and video content. And then it's on us to see if it takes. And and then if it does, it's on us to to sell it. And if it doesn't take, I suppose people can be mad, but what I want to do and what I will do is I will post the numbers and it might be embarrassing. Oh, it only got 3000 downloads. Now you can be mad at me that it's not still around, but it only got 3000 downloads. And to give you context, TMA gets what? 275,000 downloads per month. Something along the average. Line. Yes. Average. Uh, so, you know, that's the game. This shit's never personal, man. It's just not, it's not on my end anyway. It's numbers driven, just like any other business. But people jerk themselves off into a frenzy thinking that things are personal when in reality they're numbers. And I guess maybe in other places and other worlds or whatever the case might be, I guess it, I guess theoretically it could be personal. I don't know why any business owner 
or person who is paid based on the performance of the company he or she is operating would want to take somebody out who is bringing in money, tangible ROI for a business. But if, but apparently in the world of media, people think it goes on all the time. I have no idea why, but for whatever reason, that's it. Because I guess it'd just be too awkward to go, yeah, nobody was buying a motherfucker's show and nobody was listening to it because now you're, now you're the bad guy for saying that. But that is how I would like to, if this does happen, operate so the audience can always have an understanding. But what is going on right now is separate from what will be going on if we are able to close on the deal. But we are not done. And so it's this awkward purgatory period, which is why when things are in the newspaper, it puts us all in a weird position because I can't not address it. It's in the newspaper. It was the most read story for a period of 36 hours on stltoday.com. Me potentially buying KFNS. That's really surprising to me. I guess it's good, but it doesn't change the fact that it's surprising. Um, but it's out there. And so I got to talk about it. And it's different than being out there being read by tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people in the metropolitan area, as opposed to the 7,000 on the fan page. So I will address it here, um, as generally as I possibly can, but to make it clear, crystal clear, uh, my goal is to have this group of six people working together for as long as possible, however long that is. Also, people have to understand, you know, the original four people, five people, four, five people actually on the morning grind, most people couldn't even name because they might know about me, Martin and the cat. And they might know about producer Joe, but I guarantee you they don't know about a guy named Nichols. I don't, cause I, I don't even, I don't even remember his first name. I call him AJ Nickel, but I think his name was Mike. I don't know. It wasn't Stedman. So the premise being the cast of the show changes and does change. I mean, it's like, oh my God, he's leaving. The show's over. Okay. Well, you know, 16 years later, there've been a lot of people. Oh my God, he's leaving. The show's over 16 years later. So I want to give it proper context and also give my view on how to try to operate. I want big time, everybody, not just the people on TMA, everybody to make as much as possible. You give people a base and then you give them a structure on how they can make more and what they do with that structure. That's up to them with that opportunity. If it doesn't work out, we may have to part ways. They can motherfuck me on social media. I'm coming back over the top with the numbers this time. And if the person would like to say this isn't true, then that's fine. Then we can do a lie detector test somewhere and raise money for charity or something along those lines. But that's the way that the game is going to be played. Gangster Pete, Zero upside for me to comment on any of this at the moment. Figured as much, but I certainly wanted to at least allow you the opportunity. Thanks, man. Uh, no, I, I, just mainly mainly for my own self-interest because people would say, why did you let Pete talk about it? Well, here. So there it is. Um, so anyway, uh, you've spoken with the Plowhawk. I have spoken with the yep. Plowhawk. I would imagine the cat has uh, spoken with the Plowhawk. Iggy has spoken with the Plowhawk. Uh, I don't know if Doug has. Doug kind of operates in his own world. Um and, uh, and, and, and listen, I, I know this, even, even though all of us as a group haven't talked about it, we all want to proceed forward. That is what we want. There is no question about it, but there are, but it's not, it's not all under our control. I think all parties involved think it's going to get done, but until it's done and I'm talking about signatures, it's not done. 
That's why when things are, you know, but I mean, listen, I also understand it. And, and, and with, with that story in the post be, being the number one story for the entire website, not just the sports section, the entire website, they're just going to write about it more. And I get that too. I'm not mad about it. I suppose I would prefer it if it didn't happen, but I can't do anything about it. And it cuts both ways. Um, so there'll be more and I understand it. You know, if you have a, a, you know, credible source telling you that this stuff has happened, then, then you're going to write about it. So then it puts me in a weird spot because now I got to talk about it. But I also want to give our audience perspective because our audience is concerned that somebody's no longer on the show, then here is what's going on and you hear it directly from me. And there isn't anything that I have said that I'm going, oh God, I better not say this. So this is, this is the way that it is. But I also don't know, as in know for certain, Pete and I were talking about it before we even started, that this will get done. I think it's going to. I know our intent is for it to get done. I think the intent of all parties involved is for it to get done. But, you know, until it's done, I don't count it as, as being official. It would be irresponsible to do so. In an, an ideal world, this negotiation would be taking place, you know, completely privately. That's, you know, why you have certain clauses and agreements. But it's not the way that it worked out. And now you have, you know, a situation where people understandably, because there a lot of people are supportive, but at the same time, I know there'll be a lot of people who will be rock hard hoping that I fail. And then you recognize that it's, that's the nature of the beast. I just need to call attention to it when it pops up. Like there was a story, uh, about Kirkwood brew house. You see that gangster Pete a couple weeks ago? Yeah. I saw. Yeah. And, uh, now maybe I'm wrong. Somebody who I had never seen post on the page posted a link to the, like a girl complaining about something on Kirkwood brew house. And just like, oh, I mean, I know it's good probability of what's going on here. And I continue to say, I sold my equity in Kirkwood brew house in 2019. If this were a review regarding another restaurant on which I had zero equity, I wonder if the thread would appear. Gangster Pete, what do you think? Probably not by the person that posted it. And so I, addressed it as such. I don't know that it, this is just on, you know, based on 20 years of experience of navigating, whether it be message boards or Twitter or Facebook. So, you know, you recognize some people are pulling for you. Some people are pulling against you. Some people hate you, but they want to see the show continue. Some people just want to see the thing work. I've, I've been contacted by more people the last few weeks who want to invest in this because they see what we're doing. It's unreal. Like our investment group is made up of people, all of whom have come to us. What, if, what I mean, that's like the greatest compliment in the world. So I focus more on that than like, ah, buying a radio station. How fucking stupid is that? You know, <laughs> then I, yeah, listen, you see I, that on the fan page too. Right. Well, guy, no, clue, rooting, no rooting, clue what the plan is. Yeah. But that's fine. But, but I mean, at the same time, they don't know what the plan is, but I also know deep down, they just want to see it fail. Cause they don't like me because for whatever reason, and it's fine, but there is, this isn't a radio station transaction. I wouldn't do a radio station transaction. It is larger than a radio station transaction. And it is now larger than I like to try to fix it in three months. This is going to take time. It's going to take a lot of work and, uh, some things that will take place. I'm sure will be met with, uh, negative reaction. And I can already name a few of them that I believe will take place. And then I'll be the bad guy. But that's part of the deal. As you said last week, gangster Pete, heavy, what did you say, Gangster? Heavy Pete? is the head that wears the crown. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Uh, and also lopsided is the head that wears the crown. In this case. In this in this specific, <laughs> specific instance. 
Do you think I've satisfied the listener's curiosity as to what's going on? Yeah, without getting into details you can't right. get into. Because yep. there, there's no upside to get right. into the, like specific, specific details. Um, you know, but I mean, so people know where things are. That's that's where things are. I mean, there really is. I don't even know what else. I mean, I guess I could go into the specific things that, that aren't officially settled yet. They bore the fuck out of you. Um, but, you know, listen, here's what I think. If, if I didn't think that the thing was going to get done, I wouldn't say that I think it's going to get done. But just because I think it's going to get done doesn't mean that it will get done. So I suppose if it doesn't get done, then I have no idea what will wind up transpiring. I'm under contract through 2021 with KFNS. That is... That is what I, that is also what I know. So I'm trying to operate off things that I know. Uh, I know that I would much rather do a show with Pete, the cat, Doug, the Plowhawk, and Iggy than go do my own show. Um, you know, that's what I know. That also is playing a role in, in this move. Um, and I think that we have an opportunity to, to do something uh, to control our own destiny. And I want to take that shot. That's what it gets down to. That's that's essentially what it gets down to. Shoot or shoot. Shoot or shoot, Gangster Pete. All right, so I hope I've, I hope, I still know somehow, some way, there'll be something, you know, that maybe I didn't address. And if you have a question about it, you can always email me. It's amazing for all the talk about it, not one person <laughs> emailed me. Or you can passive-aggressively <laughs> post on a fan page. But, but you know. Either way, one person did post about it, asking me directly, and that that is uh, here is here is the result. All right, into the emails, uh, because again, you cannot respond to my thread for risk of being called a lemming. Tim, hope all is well. I am curious how you think people will view the CDC, the World Health Organization, and other similar organizations once we get to the other side of COVID, uh, vaccine slash herd immunity. Uh, all of it no longer being a major concern because a lot of the information has changed quite a bit since the beginning of this. I get the feeling from social media that people are less trusting of these organizations. I also understand social media does not represent everyone, but I have seen dissent toward both organizations. I understand completely the data and models change and theories change throughout the scientific process. However, these stages of the scientific process where theories are, where, where rare theories are fluid and rarely in the spotlight like they are now, and people are used to getting their answers instantaneously. Given the shutdown and everything that has occurred over the last few months, I completely understand the frustration, but I am not surprised that we still don't know in everything about this virus as it's still relatively new. Going forward, if another virus or some sort of pandemic occurs where we have to look to the CDC and World Health Organization to guide us, I'm concerned people have lost faith in them. Sure, they could probably use some PR help, but I think for the most part, they are doing their best to focus on solely the health of the population and are not agenda-driven. I could be wrong. I would also like to believe we will be better prepared for this going forward. Thanks. That comes from the Sultan of Duck Butter. Gangster Pete, the floor is yours. Uh, I think that they're, they're doing everything that they can. I mean, they're run by humans, you know? We don't know everything. Uh if we have another issue like this, I'm much more inclined to trust scientists and doctors than randos on the street. So it's not going to change the way I view them, really. Here's what I think. And I actually think we have more Trump fans than anti-Trump people who listen to both the radio show and the podcast, although probably less on the podcast. Because um, I was I was in awe of the text inbox during our 8 o'clock hour discussion today. Did Were you looking at the text inbox? Which, which during the, 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 the Mike Gundy discussion? OAN? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like... 
Yeah, like OAN. <laughs> and like then there were people defending, and I'm like, oh, oh wow, holy right. shit. And like uh, going after me, like, you know. I put I, my head on the table. I, like, <laughs> I didn't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I decided, okay, we're all back in studio. We can see each other. Maybe it will limit, and I probably, if I could go back, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> be honest with everybody um and i but i have to tell you usually i kind of have an idea of where the where the ball is going to move when the pitch is thrown on this one i was surprised by the ball's movement i was really surprised by it the was ball's a good movement. knuckleball yeah i was really taken aback by the ball's movement but whatever the ball moves ah yes the ball with regard to this it is my belief that uh so much of this is fueled by uh people who are i guess gonna go the, the ride with donald trump or die so to speak uh and so he says it's bullshit, and so therefore they say it's bullshit, and that's that's it. I actually, I'm just going to cut to the chase on it. Sometimes I think it, I think the left is on, you know, like you know, defunding police, for example. I go, what in the fuck is this? This is just ridiculous, uh, you know. But uh, but if you criticize Donald Trump, then it becomes what the fuck, and then 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 then, 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 then it's it's the it's the frothiest of hate mail. It's it's fucking nuts, and it's I'm telling you, by the way, it's kind of it's it's like fifty and sixty somethings too. I don't. I don't know what that's about. I just know that's what it is. It's not across the board, but in this case, that's what, with the, with the question. That's what I believe the answer is. He's shitting on them. They support him. Therefore, they distrust them. There you go. That's that's it. That's as, that's as simple as I see it. Um, I, I realize it is not that simple, but as far as the distrust, um. I would tell you that I think the distrust of the media has increased exponentially since Donald Trump began running for president um, over the last five years. Although I would certainly say that what I see as being this issue with the media goes back to the 1990s, and that's when Donald Trump was not running for office. Um, so that's that's how I see it. You may hate me. You may then want to send in an email uh, regarding my height, uh, regarding hair loss. Uh, with the word lib in it, um, elite, just trying to think of what they usually are, uh, lost respect for you phrase. Uh, and that's fine. It's all welcome. I am real confident on my place, on my judgment on this one. It's not even a sweat. And I think more and more people are starting to see it that way as well. Um, doesn't mean I think November 2020 is going to be a pleasant experience, and I don't care who wins. I, I, it's, that's, that's the theme of our podcast is November 2020 is going to be all hell breaking loose. Uh, but uh, I think more people are starting to go, okay, maybe I, you know, the 401k thing was kind of nice, or, you know, but this, this, is, this is a little much now. Um, so that's what, I, that's what I think. That's what I think. And I, I, so I think your premise, Sultan of Duck Butter, is correct, and that now people will distrust them. But what I'm telling you is I'm not sure that they necessarily should be as distrusted as I feel they are by a portion of the population who distrust them just because Donald Trump says to distrust them. That's what I think. And uh, begin. it's T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com if you would like to light me up. Another wonderful sponsor is on board here, and that is Restoration One. Restoration One, Jim Rogers, when my basement was having all hell break loose. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I was very fortunate that Jim Rogers is a loyal. Uh, Tim, first off, love the show and the podcast. I've listened to the show for many years and have really gotten into the podcast more since COVID shut everything down. 
A couple of weeks ago, you and Pete were discussing Joe Rogan's deal with Spotify and how that will work. Pete didn't seem on board with having to pay for Spotify slash listen to more ads, which led to a discussion about podcasts and the value they create. How do you view the value slash revenue stream of podcasts in the future? I know nothing about the industry and assume currently advertising is the major revenue generator, but do you envision other possibilities? Part of my question, too, is aside from supporting the sponsors, I wonder how else I can show support to what you're doing. I realize this is probably getting into the weeds and maybe inside poker, but your potential of buying the station and subsequent expansion plan has piqued my interest into the business side of things. On that note, good luck with the potential purchase and everything to go along with that. Also, just a general comment, your interview with Alvin Mack was great. It provided great perspective from a, quote, normal guy, which was much better than some politician. A few days later, your discussion on QFTA of Black Lives Matter set off a light bulb in my head of the true meaning and compared to All Lives Matter. I'm not sure why, but you explained your thoughts in a way I hadn't heard before, so thank you for that. That comes from uh, Kevin. Thank you. Uh, yeah, people, I, I like the people. It, this, this I don't think, though, Pete, is specific to um, our thing. I think people have, I, th- I really do think it's the barstoolization, the ringerization of sports media that has made sports media fans become more sports media business savvy and more interested in the topic Um, because the personalities are becoming the owners or the employers. You know, if it just was nameless, faceless guy who was the managing member uh, or a board member, I don't think it would have that impact. But once Bill Simmons, a talent, became the driving force behind Grantland and then the ringer, um, or Clay Travis without kick the coverage, or Dave Portnoy and Big Cat and everybody involved with Barstool. And now you have Eric Nardini doing a podcast, giving business perspective. That's she's be- doing that every day. Now she's doing it daily. Yeah, yeah, every I saw day. that. It's awesome. You you like it? Yeah, I think she's great. And I and I personally, I mean, I realize it's so, so fucking redundant, but I mean, I, you know, I also know not everybody listens to every single podcast, but I mean, it just I love it because what I did to open this podcast, I probably wouldn't have done a year ago. Right. And I like that. Because the toughest thing for me, one of the toughest thing for me during the Pujols, Jack Clark thing, was that I couldn't say anything. That was brutal. Now, the reason why was because we had an insurance policy and we're being threatened with litigation by somebody who could just, like, own all of us. Uh, even though we knew the truth and we knew we were in a good standing, still, you just don't want to risk it. And so I was specifically told, don't say anything. And I'm reading things that are just factually inaccurate and you just have to eat it. Um, and I'll probably go through more of that shit. I mean, I'm inviting more of that back into my life by potentially pursuing it. And I know that, that, and it's not something I'm really looking for already without even this thing being done. Uh, I'm like, God, there are so many times where I go, why the fuck am I even doing this again? Why am I even inviting this back into my life? Um, but I think about the positives that come with it and that's what, that's what outweighs it. Even though I know it's going to be brutal and there's so much work to do and I will be the bad guy. I'm already the bad guy. I'm going to be the badder guy. But with, with regard to the question, um, I don't I don't specifically know how do I view the value slash revenue stream of podcasts in the future. I, I Strong to quite strong. I don't, I don't really know like how to get specific on the question. I know that the question has sincerity. I don't know. I, I think I think that there is a there is an inaccurate perception that if you just do a pod like now everybody wants to be Joe Rogan like 20, 30 years ago, everybody wanted to be Howard Stern. And you have to realize there's one Joe Rogan, there's one Howard Stern. Um, and Joe Rogan grinded for a long time before he got his Spotify deal. Howard Stern grinded for a long time before he got to D.C. and New York. 
So, you know, it doesn't just happen overnight, even though it appears like it does. It is a lot of shit to get there. Uh, you have to have an audience and then you have to show downloads. And then even with, as we just mentioned, the, the average downloads on TMA, 275,000 per month, which has some people, once they see them, they go, oh my fucking God. And I'll tell you this, if we were to bring that to Blue Apron or to LegalZoom, they wouldn't even bat an eye. They wouldn't, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't even consider it. They wouldn't even consider it. It's a blip on their radar. It's huge in St. Louis. I would imagine it's got to be up there with any other local podcast. The, the Rizzuto Show probably being the most downloaded, I would guess. I don't know. I'm totally shooting from the hip here. But I'm pretty comfortable in, in saying that it's got to be in that realm. And, you, and by the way, you can't... It, I could say we have 4 billion downloads. I have, I'm happening to give you the honest downloads. I've been told of someone in the market who tells people they have <laughs> numbers and then they're like being sold to this person's podcast and they ask me if it's true and I just don't get involved, but I saw it and I go, wow, that's complete bullshit and he's lying to you, but not my place to get involved in it. So I'm happening to give you the honest ones because you might go, well, I've heard this person says they have 3.75 million downloads per day. And I'm just going to tell you that's probably not true. Like not even remotely close. You might be able to divide it by a monster number to get the real number. But but it, it, you have to have an audience, which then creates downloads and then ad buys, but everything for any business venture always comes down to return on investment. And so even if we don't have a bunch of downloads, but somebody's advertising on the podcast and that's kind of where it's gone. It hasn't all gone that way, but I've now had people come to me and say, hey, I want to be on the podcast, uh, not the radio. Then that's, that's, that's what matters. And then they get a return on investment. Uh, that's all that matters is return on investment. That's what it matters. Because the, the numbers might get you in the door, but if the, the advertiser isn't getting an ROI, they're not going to stick around. Um, let's see. Uh, I wonder how else I can support what you're doing. You know, I've had a, a, a gentleman I consider to be a wizard by the name of Patrick Donnelly. And Pete, I know you know Patrick because we worked on the thing that I did with Dan McLaughlin together. Good people. Smart guy. Real smart. Like, like I'm uncomfortable talking to him because it, it opens my eyes to how not smart I am. And, uh, and he was talking, he's just, he is really a believer in not taking everything to subscription, but creating more content and opportunities and experiences for those who subscribe. Um, and that's, that's something real straightforward when I, uh, you know, have, have our five and a half year projections that we have built out. Uh, I don't include that as one of the revenue streams, but perhaps that's a way to, to eventually go. Like I said, at the start of last week's podcast, and I'll say it again in this week's podcast, we have a lot of work to do and you want to cut, uh, thin and deep as opposed to wide and shallow. And so I got, we have work to do to fix a number of things should this all happen, but certainly we want to consider doing more. I mean, it's about the health of the business and, and the people who work for it and the investors experiencing, you know, significant return, not just a return. Um, so it's certainly something that I think some people are turning to and having success with, but I would never, at least I say, I don't see a scenario in which I would take TMA, for example, behind a paywall. I don't see that being 
a, a viable model in the short term. It's not something I'm even considering. Um, and then uh, thank you for the compliments on the album Mac thing. Anything on uh, that, Gangster Pete? You, you're more podcast savvy than I am. Yeah, I mean, if you have an audience, I think that the value for the podcast is going to rise. I think that especially like in the Midwest, you're going to see people catch on to the value of advertising in a podcast, specifically if you have an audience that you can mobilize. And I think we've got some properties that do that for sure. Yeah. And I, and I love, and I love, I love, I love recording podcasts. I love it. Like you talk about Erica Nardini doing yeah. one a day. I'm like, yeah, I could do that. Absolutely. I mean, I find it. It's like, and I don't know why, I guess it's, I mean, I got to look in the mirror and I got to, I don't know, but I mean, I'm just like, I don't talk much at all on TMA. I mean, I don't think I do anyway. Um, and I certainly know nobody's saying, Hey Tim, you can't talk as much. I just, I don't, I'm more of the table setter. And then I get in here and then I'm like, okay, now I, I feel more comfortable giving my opinions mainly because I think the, what people have gotten used to with TMA if all of a sudden it were to turn into this, they'd be like, what the fuck happened to the show? Where's the stuff I love? You know, so I think, though, for people who are TMA listeners and picture me as like the giggling pervert, they listen to this and they go, what the happened to the giggling pervert? Uh, fortunately, some people have stuck around, despite the fact that I'm not necessarily the giggling pervert <laughs> on uh, on this podcast, which gets us to That's our next question. Gig the giggling pervert. Yeah. The next. The, and this just happens to be the next email. It was sent in at 839 this morning. Tim, would you let Anna Marie peg you? <laughs> if it meant you got a threesome with another woman, you know, initially when I saw the email, um, my, my, it was like, absolutely not. But I feel like I really want to play out the hand just for the purpose of playing out the hand. Here's my reason for the no, the physical element is certainly <laughs> number one. If this were family feud, Steve Harvey would go to the pain board. is temporary. Threesomes <laughs> forever. That's right. Um, but here, and this is what I talk about anytime the topic of pegging, which has come up a lot recently on TMA. I think it's hilarious. Um, and, and then who knew Matt Rocchio with a big revelation. Yeah, that was I mean, uh, I wasn't surprising. expecting that. I just thought he was going to be the silent board op while the Plowhawk was <laughs> vacationing. Uh, and then all of a sudden he brings that out, uh, that his fiance wanted to peg him. Holy shit. <laughs> and went south quickly after. I mean, God. Uh, but uh, I just... If, if, if it, I guess it depends on the dynamic of your relationship, but if your female significant other views you as, you know, the provider, the one to lean on in times of strife or safety and listen, I look at myself and I can't imagine anybody would look at me that way. But if that were the case, I don't think she could ever erase the mental visual of her gentleman lover receiving a strap on pegging from her. And, and therefore, as you said, Pete, the pain or in the case of some, apparently pleasure dynamic and God bless to each their own producer, Joe, some people like some things, some people don't like other things. I couldn't fucking care one way or the other. It doesn't impact me. And if all of my neighbors are getting pegged, it's whatever. It doesn't impact my property value. I don't give a shit. Fine with me. I mean, maybe they figured something out that I haven't. I don't know. Uh, that That is the thing that to me, it just, you know, it just, it just, that, 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 that never goes away. We could be in a rest home together and I still would be the guy who in June of 2020 received the high hard one. <laughs> Now, 
I really would like an MFF. <laughs> so we can't just like say no and just do it out of, out of hand. I have, I have been hashtag blessed enough to have it and it is great. And I still want more, no question about it. No apologies for it. You know, and I, and I don't know. I just, I don't think like you gotta, <laughs> we fuck, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, people like fucking, at least they, sh- I think they do. I don't know. So being sexually healthy, I don't think is like something that you have to apologize for, but to each their own. Again, I realize I'm in the minority on this, you know, I'm sure there's some people like this motherfucker is going to be the guy who owns the radio station, this fucking pervert. We can't have this The FCC. We've got to let them know about it. But you know, I mean, that's where I am with that said, you know, when you're talking about the dynamic of being, and I don't know what position a gentleman gets pegged in. What position do you think the gentleman gets pegged in? I mean, I know we got to go into the weeds on it. I assume it's either doggy or he's throwing his legs up on his wife's shoulders. I mean, fuck. I just always assume doggy. Yeah. I mean, and I'm telling you something. I don't know what has happened over the last few years. And again, I guess in the whole scheme of things, it's good. I guess. I don't have to watch it. But I've noticed my go-to sites which I have patronized for a long time. I mean, I'd be like, like the Plowhawk is the double platinum at six flags. I'd be double platinum on these places. I, I have noticed, and it's been real. This, this has turned really quickly that the, uh, I guess TS girl, trans girl, I guess that that genre, uh, by men as in bisexual men and pegging. Uh, I mean, it is, it, it wasn't even around. I mean, it was around, of course, a couple of years ago, but it was not, it was not, it's just like, it's like intermingled in with everything else now. And, you know, I mean, hey, whatever, God bless. Again, I don't have, to, I don't have to watch it, but I always say it's kind of like when, back when the, the taboo was the stepmom, stepbrother, stepdad, stepsister, whatever, all of the step shit. And I'd go, what is the deal with that? You know, because for me, I, I want to find the uh, star, the actress I like, and that's what I'm looking for. But I realize other people are looking for their, the thing that gets them going. God bless to each their own, man. But they wouldn't have all of the step stuff out there if there weren't people going for it. So if I'm applying the same transient principle to the pegging, the T-girl, and the buy stuff, it must be, it must really have, have... Uh, a strong following, which is why I ask as somebody who's 43 years old um, and just doesn't go out really, certainly not in St. Louis, but like, you know, like if you're talking about like going out, you're downtown, you're a wheelhouse, you're, you know, if we're skewing a little older at Napoli, you know, are, are we, are, are we seeing like, just, you know, it used to be like, Oh sweet. Those two girls are making out in the corner, you know? Or we are, or we now at a point where there's two guys, it's like, you're just like two buddies are just making out in the corner. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if that's where we've gotten because I'm not there. Is that going on gangster Peter? You're hearing tell of this. I mean, if you're going out in the Grove, sure. Okay. That's the Grove. So I don't, I don't like, I, I don't, I, cause, cause it had crossed over, albeit not as much as I wanted with women interacting with women. But anytime that's going on and I point, I say, I point out to Anna Marie, she goes, Oh, they just want attention. She just totally dismisses it, which is horribly unfortunate. I think she's wrong. Even though I know she's right. I have to say, I think she's wrong to continue conning myself that this is prevalent. But if it's popular, as far as what the stag sites are putting forth, 
then there must be people accessing it. And I don't know how that happened. I guess, was it always there? I don't know. I mean, I, listen, I couldn't care any, it doesn't impact me at all. It's not like I'm watching a lesbian scene. All of a sudden they just splice in a couple of dudes fucking. It doesn't happen. So I'm fine, but I'm surprised by how like it's right there on the, on the front page and how I would assume it's got to be popular. Otherwise they wouldn't put it on the front page. Like I think the furry thing is probably a <laughs> niche deal. And therefore like I don't go to my site and like see two mascots dry humping. So it's still in its, in its little sliver of the, of the porn consumption. But recently the trans and the bi is right up there with the stepmom and stepdad and stepbrother and stepsister thing. And what happened? Why'd that happen? I don't have an answer. I think you gotta got bet on yourself that you can get this threesome done without taking a pegging, you know? Have some confidence. I mean, you can, I just, you can cross the goal I'm line. telling you, I really, I, I mean, I would, I, what I would love to do would be able to just talk as openly as the day is long. <laughs> I really would. I mean, in a major way. Um, but I will say this. I think she would endorse this statement. My wife's just not into women. You know, I mean, it's just not there. And, and as you might not be surprised to hear, <laughs> I've brought it up a time or two. And it's just not, and I'm like, and unfortunately I know she's not, and it sucks, you know? So you might have to take the pegging. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess it's live. Thank you for the wonderful email though, Eric. It led to a brilliant discussion. Uh, this was good. I haven't watched the video yet, but I think there's something to it. Gangster Pete, I know you'd like it. It's, it's visual, so I'll try to explain it. Uh, hi, with all the seeming success of the Fan Page Club Championship and golf talk in general on the show... Have you ever considered doing more golf-related videos, specifically shot-by-shot -shot course vlogs, such as this one? And it's every shot at Bandon Dunes, Sheep Ranch, Back Nine, EAL course vlog. I don't, I didn't click on it. I haven't watched. I've it. seen stuff like uh, that. Yeah, but I know, but I'm familiar with it. Like the no laying up guys. Yeah. They have a whole thing going. They might, oh, yeah. have, a whole, they might have a monster thing going. Uh, I'm a pretty casual golf guy, but I can't get enough of these types of videos, as well as the golf talk on TMA. A marriage of these two would really cause my colon to weep tears of joy. Nice. I love you. Do you love me? <laughs> that comes from Meat Hole 2001. <laughs> Once again, the emails at this point, people are comfortable sending in their ideas and their questions. The fan page, it triggers their memory, but they will not post them there. Sup, Meat Hole. Uh, are you familiar with Meat Hole? No. Uh, so, I love the idea. Uh, I play a lot. Iggy plays a lot. Plowhawk plays, plays a lot. Pete plays a lot. It seems like Doug is starting to get, yep. get involved. And I loved what uh, the great Nick Gale and TJ Weber did on the fan page thing. I think it would be interesting. It's just, it's a matter of managing expense always is, um, for, you know, to actually shoot video of the thing and have players mic'd up. And, you know, so you're not just doing like the, like the amusing interacting shit, like with cam and his wife following us, uh, you know, but like, okay, this is here's first hole tee shot. I watched the Kisner thing with the guys from the four play yep. pod. Did you watch that? Yeah. And so it. it was. It was. They covered. I mean, they they start off with the guys waking up. It's brilliant. I mean, it's it's brilliant. Might be overstating it, but it's it's just it's smart. You it, get a you get a cool guy like Kiz to play ball. Yeah. You know, I mean, that you can do that. I that and then then you're telling the whole story of the match. I love that idea. And listen, I also know that most people aren't going to watch it, but it creates content, and it's something people will watch. That's what you can, the fact that you can do this and like, you know, we brought, I brought up Alan Cohen shit. I don't know. Uh, the, the beginning of the podcast and he was the GM of, of KMOV. And I think, I don't think this was that long ago. It was within the last 10 years for sure. 
that I went to him and I said, hey, I'm interested in doing a roundtable, kind of like what they do on ESPN, the sports reporters. Brian Burwell would be on that. And I'm interested in doing it on St. Uh, Louis television. I'd be interested in like buying the time from you on like Sunday mornings and selling it because we already had the infrastructure selling radio. And he was interested in it, um, but he was about to retire. So it never really gained traction. I met with uh, the lady who's now the general manager of KSDK about it. And I met with uh, a gentleman. I don't know if he's the GM of KTVI about it now or not, but I know he was at the time the GSM, general sales manager. So now you can just do that shit. Just do it. Just do it just with a few phones or the case might be with inexpensive cameras. I mean, the shit I was carrying around when I started out in television, it wasn't just a camera. It was like a, like a, like a bag this size, which I realize only helps Pete because uh, it's not a visual medium here, but it's a substantially sized bag that you would carry in addition to your camera. And there was a big three quarter inch tape is what you shot onto. And then it was a DVR pro, I think is what we were shooting on. Uh, and you're carrying around a tripod and all that shit. And that's just so easy now. And it's, that's all happened in the last two decades. So the ability to do it, I'm all for it. I think it's a great idea. I want to do, I want to do so much that, that if anything, if this does happen and I'll, I'll do Eric and Ardini daily podcasts about the business. Cause I want people's feet. Cause I know, I know the listeners are gonna have great ideas too. Why would I discount them just because they're not here? Uh, it could be incredibly helpful to the business. Fuck. They might wind up working with us, but that, 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 I got to, I got to keep reiterating and I got to tell myself, we have a lot of work to do to fix the things that we already have. So I can't go, Oh God, yeah, let me do this too. And then not focus on some of the things that we need to tend to, but absolutely the answer to your question is absolutely. But I also have a responsibility to manage expenses. And this of course would be an additional expense. Now, of course, if the expense produced a profit, then it's worth it all day long. Um, are there any that you watch on a regular basis, Gangster Pete? I just happen to watch the Kisner no, one, just the, and I didn't watch the, all of it. It's kind of the ones that pop up when I'm scrolling through stuff. No. But I think a golf podcast would be really cool, too. Yeah, we're all into you, it. You could have, like, a roundtable type deal. You could talk about the PGA event that day or that week. You could talk about the DraftKings. Nope. You could talk about your own game. Nope. I mean, just, and I'm sure you I can love get it. local I, it's, golf it's, it's, sponsors. I'm so, I'm so into it. I love that so many people are now. I don't know what happened. I have no idea why that was the case. I mean, I was, this time... Four years ago, I hadn't played more than five rounds in the last 11 years. And to think it's like, like I'm dressed like I'm playing golf today. And Iggy goes, oh, you playing today? I go, no. But if I have time in between a call I have coming up in 34 minutes. So, Gangster Pete, you got to be thrilled because you know there's a cap on this. Okay. I got uh, a lunchtime insight. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and another call that I have, I might just go over and, and you know, hit some wedges and putt. Just because I like to be outside and just do it, you know, not necessarily play nine or 18 holes, you know, it's, you know, it's close to my house. I set it up that way. So, uh, I'm able to do it. Just, I, I like it. Put in, you know, AirPods and hit balls and listen to music or a podcast. And it is one of my favorite things in the world. It is absolute paradise. And I have no idea why, but I love it. And, uh, and so I love the fact that, you know, you Plowhawk, Iggy, uh, if Doug wants to be involved, um, you know, all play and are all active in the audiences as well. And the fan page club championship absolutely can be much bigger. There's so many yeah. things I want to do with golf. I have some things that are on the horizon. If this were to happen that you, I think I might've got an inside tip on one of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's substantial. Yes, it is <laughs> pretty. How about that though? Yeah. yeah. Pretty how good. about that? Pretty so, good. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> Iggy and I spend like our first half hour every morning just bullshitting about golf. Yeah. Like every day. It's the best. And now, I mean, golf, because baseball's got whatever the hell it's got. Golf has the stage to itself. I mean, yeah. for the most part, I'm trying to upset auto racing guy or whatever else is going on. 
Uh, I mean, to look at that field this week in Hilton Head and see the players when, God, I don't know. I mean, well, my mom, cause my, my parents, uh, they go down there um, and they normally would be there, but uh, they're not going. Uh, and my mom like, oh, you ought to come down. I go like, mom, the field sucks every year. It's like, you know, Dustin Johnson's only there because he's an RBC guy and it's the RBC tournament and he, he doesn't care if he's playing in the masters, much less than <laughs> this. So he's not locked in. It's just, you know, if there's one guy where a course doesn't fit for a guy, it's Dustin Johnson. And yet he's the guy that has to play Arbor Town. I set my first lineup for that. I mean, I think this is the one. This is the Would one you like to gonna, share it? It's going to win the mill. Would you like to share it? Uh, sure, yeah. If you want to split the milli with me, this, All right, is, this is your lineup. We're going with Joel Damon, or Damon. I don't know how you say his last name. Always He's a good start. I've been running with him for a long time. Yep. Terrell Hatton. Yep. Uh, Stud. Sanjay M. I'm. Sanjay M. Some, yeah, that's how you say uh-huh. it. Uh, JT Poston. The Postman. He, uh, Yeah, he's a, he's got good form right now. And then I'm going to wrap it up with P. Reed and Gary Woodland. All right. And I don't like to go with Woodland because he's a Jayhawk. But uh, well, I you like what you got to do to make the money. Yeah. Um, so That's if the you winner. win the million or if you have a deep run, I will be on the record here saying I do not like that lineup. I do not like that lineup. <laughs> right, cool. I do not like that. I like one you, of the six players on the what's lineup. What's your problem with the nut? Um, I think this week for that, have you ever played Harbortown? Oh yeah, all the time. It's like my second home course. All right. That's smart ass. So, but have you played it once? No, no, I have not. So Harbortown is. I've watched it on TV several times. It is. It is. It's a course where. It's a Kucher course. It really is. But I think everybody's gonna have him. Uh, but but that's smart. Like what I have up in front of me right now is the ownership projections, which is the last week. My wizard guy, who with like two hours left, goes, "Okay, I have a team in fifty fifth in the Millionaire Maker. I really might win this thing finally." Like in his mind, it's finally. In my right. mind, it's like I hope we don't lose a thousand dollars. And so I'm watching his team. And I'm just like, how does he do this every fucking week? And it's like, here, I'll pull up his roster since this is already in the bag. But the, the, but the way he built his roster was. Because there's no form to base it off of, since nobody had played for a few right. months that we were aware of anyway, was who he thinks people aren't going to have high ownership of. So he was on DeChambeau. He wound up finishing, uh, I'm not going to give the number because then people would be able to figure out who he is, uh, but in the top 100. Uh, DeChambeau, P. Reed, Daniel Berger, uh, all of those were owned less than 15%. Abraham Answer, I was big on Answer. I was surprised he was. Uh, I shouldn't be because if, if it's a good play, he's on it. Uh, Ian Poulter, only owned by 4.7. That was a real nice dark horse. And here was the one that was huge for him, Rory Sabatini, owned yep. by three. And so what he did was it was, a, it was just, okay, I'm going to go with players. Everybody's going to be on X, Y, and Z. I, I have no idea if it's going to work, but in order to compete in the Million America, you have to, you just have to, you have to take guys. So I was all over Justin Rose last week, all over Justin Rose. I thought Morikawa would be more. To me, Morikawa is yeah. like this obvious one. I think one. he will be now. But the but I'll tell you, Pete. I'm looking at the projected ownership, and it's only fifteen point eight percent, which is surprising to me. I thought it would be higher. At the same time, to give you context, and this is interesting, and I'm surprised. Although I know he plays the event, Webb Simpson's the highest at twenty two point three zero. Um, and let's see if all of yours. I'm just looking. So anyway, my my point being, uh, it's it's a course where it is so fucking narrow, uh, and you have trees blocking you out. It's just it's 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 incredibly unique. At, at the same time, I think it has the widest fairway on all the PGA Tour on the 18th hole. You cannot miss the fairway. I mean, you can, but but 95 percent of people would not miss the fairway on the 18th hole at Harbor Town with the lighthouse, the famous 18th hole. But the the rest of them. 
are just so narrow, which is why I say for a guy like Dustin Johnson, it's a it's a. It's well, a hey, hey you play. pick one lineup to go up against my one lineup, and we'll see who does better. Okay, you pick your All your right. favorite lineup. All right, I'm 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 comfortable with that wager. Uh, All right, we'll see how it goes. All right, I'm comfortable. I like that. I like that. Uh, this was all started by Meat Hole 2001. <laughs> Thanks, Meat Hole. Uh, but it's a good question, and I definitely like the idea. It's something I'm certainly interested in doing. Just hopefully people, if this all does happen, can give us, uh, even though I know it won't happen, I'll still say, my hope is that people will give us time to realize we have a lot of work to do. But I also know part of the sport will be hoping that I fail, and uh, so that'll get people off in the meantime, and they can post <laughs> passive threads that they hope lead to starting shit. Hi, Tim. Over the years, I'd imagine your success has been in part due to your ability to make sure you are doing business with the right people. So my question is this. Are there any tells or red flags? Oh, I remember reading this one. I'm a big fan of this question. I can't wait to hear your answer, Pete. So my question is this. Are there any tells or red flags you look for when considering doing business with a person? How do you try and tell if a person is a good guy or a total piece of shit that comes from the hunchback of Vaughn Castle? This is a Great question. It's also a question in my mind at this moment. I don't believe I have a good answer for, but I'm going to buy time with going to Pete. I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire. If you've heard some things about somebody, it it's usually not a good sign. So I would do your due diligence before doing business with anybody. And uh, if there's any questionable reputation factors, I would I would definitely uh, be cautious. There is a person who, if this deal were to come to fruition, Pete knows. Pete actually was the one I think who introduced me to him. Uh, who you know, when we were building out the business model, uh, there was not a place for this person. And again, you know, being straightforward, I don't think it's a cutting edge thought as always, but as you might imagine, any business at this moment has to be incredibly careful with their expenses, especially, um, businesses fueled by advertising. Cause it's, what's the first thing businesses cut back on during a time like this advertising. So, uh, this person sent me an email as, as people sometimes do. Remember Math 10? Was Math 10 around at the University yeah. of Missouri? Yeah. Okay, this, this is going to get to a point. Okay. It's gonna, we're going to take a, the, the bypass of the metropolitan area to get there, but it's going to have a point. Math 10, I believe, was the weed-out course at the University of Missouri. I don't know if it's still there. I don't know now. I know neither one of us do, but, but it was the weed-out course, and apparently it was especially difficult if math is not a strong suit, and it could be the thing that could blow people out of the University of Missouri their freshman year. And so I was told by my cousins who were a few years older than me, that the way to get around math 10 was to take some kind of course at Merrimack over the summer. Yeah, I did that. Okay. And cause it's just, I mean, it, I mean, when you're doing what I was doing at the time, math was absolutely irrelevant, although it sounds just so stupid now, but cause when is math irrelevant, but for a journalism degree, relatively speaking, it's the only math class I'd have to take. Um, and so math 10 was a weed out course point being they did it to see if you can't commit yourself to getting through this, you're not going to get through here. And if you're going to fuck off at Fieldhouse on, you know, Penny Pitcher's night, and you know, you're just, you're, you know, going to blow your ass out of here. We're going to take care of it in the first semester. So the way I handle it when people email me and they say, you know, and usually it's very complimentary and they want to be a part of it and so on and so forth. I mean, fuck Pete, you probably went through this process. I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, is to say, okay, could you send me a resume and a cover letter? Right then, I would say maybe 67% will never follow up with both. Um, and then ask what they would like to do and always explain that your value to the business is determined not on whether you're a nice guy who gets great guests, but whether or not you uh, can provide tangible return for the business. Gangster Pete's big thing was merchandise. 
Gangster Pete delivered. Um, and um, in this case, with this particular individual, um, you know, I mean, I was kind of, was, you know, I mean, it's been, it's been a really fucking, as Pete can attest, and maybe someday on the podcast we'll get into why it's been crazy the last few months. Uh, but, you know, you get a bunch of emails, and, you, and my thing is I'm, you know, fucking nuts, and I just want to try to get through them all, and then I hate myself, and I see I didn't respond to one, and I owe somebody, and it's like been sitting there for a week. I fucking, it drives me up the wall. It's like when I see a notification on my phone, I'm that guy. I've got to get it off there. I'm just, it's a, it's a whole thing. And so I'm just like going through my hands. I'm like, yeah, I mean, lay out why you think, you know, what you could do. And so, well, do you mind if I, would you like, like to get on a call? I said, no, I'm, I'm email. I don't like phone calls in general. I know sometimes they're necessary, but if you can lay it out over an email, I, it, I'll read it. Trust me. I'm big on long emails if they're asked for. Now, if you hit me with one out of nowhere, that's, that's not necessarily the greatest etiquette in my opinion, but um, I'm asking for it, lay it out. And he lays something. I'm just like, right. I'm just like, holy fucking shit. I got to find a spot for this person, you know? And if it comes out of my own pocket, then so be it that I got it. This just cause you, you know, you recognize something like that. And, and I guess I, I don't know, I don't know how or why, but we really have not for the most part. And when I'm saying for the most part, I'm not like leaving out 10 people. I'm talking about like, I don't even know, uh, like less than five for sure. And maybe even less than that number in the 15 years of Inside STL. Inside STL will be 15 years old on August 15th, 2020. Um, had problems. Um, and so the work, and by that I mean people that are like shit disturbers, and you're like, fuck, I let that in the room. Um, for real. And I know some people are like, oh, no, there's no way. And, I'm, and, and it just that's just the truth. I, I no reason to be dishonest about it. Um, but the problem is, the question is, are there any tells or red flags that I look for? And my honest answer is, I don't. I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's intuitive. And so the fact that this guy I'm talking about, who hopefully in the next couple of weeks I will be able to introduce to the audience, um, is, is uh, already it actually exceeding expectations already. And we're not even, and this person wouldn't even be getting, isn't getting a paycheck until the deal would close. So, you know, working for free, uh, it, 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 all it does is it reaffirms my intuition and my wife who really likes to just, if I take a stand, she will take the opposite for whatever fucking reason. I have no idea. It's good. You think that's good? Yeah, I think it's great. Now, why do you think that's great? Cause I don't. Well, I mean, if you get group think, I mean, you're no, never I agree gonna be challenged. Well, I, to, I like, think she does think it not because she really way. thinks that way. I think she does it just to. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. I I like that. No, oh, okay. she wants she wants to make sure that you're you an Anne Reeling now. Yeah, she wants to make sure you've thought it out right. So no, I don't. I, I get what you're saying, and I think that's good, and I really like what you're talking. You about. You think she just wants to fight you? No, I don't think she wants <laughs> to fight either. I just think it's like. You know, I don't, I'm trying to find a good example of it because my immediate thing was going to be like, hey, have you seen La Serena 69? <laughs> and I obviously know that's not going to play as well as I would hope for. But uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, but but the premise being, she will say reluctantly, it sucks. But when he does have intuition on certain things or people, he winds up, he, he's right. And I don't know, and I know that, I guess that's a dig me comment. I, I, I guess it is. It's not intended to be, but, you know, in, the premise being it's intuitive. I guess things that I would say are tangible that isn't intuitive is how somebody conducts themselves on social media. I think that is a major tell. I mean a major tell. A major tell. And I think it's great because we have the answer key. 
There are some people who have emailed me who'd want a job, and I'm like, you're the motherfucker who acts like this on the fan page. I wouldn't <laughs> hire you if you paid me to come and work here. You know? Bye. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm familiar with, like, and then there's some people, like, I guess they don't know. I know what their accounts are and how they conduct themselves on Twitter and the text inbox. And I'm like, what the fuck's, like, what's wrong? Like, you're, like, in your 40s, man, with, like, a family. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> so, as far as, you know, I, I guess what I would say, I don't know. I, I guess if you like the show, I think... You also you already have to have a certain personality trait that is going to vibe well with me, I think. I think. I don't know on that. I'm trying because I'm trying to. I'm trying trying. I, I've got, I know that there's an answer here, but I'm trying to figure out the work in order to get to the, the, the you know to show you the work. The, the, how do we how do we arrive there? Um, I don't know. You know what I mean? Because you, you kind of got to be self-deprecating. You kind of got to be able to take shit uh, and give shit. And stick up for yourself. And stick up for yourself. And also recognize that I essentially think that one of the tenets of it, even though it hasn't been boiled down to this, is, you know, if you don't want to get ripped, that's fine. Stay outside of the arena. But once you enter the arena, realize now you are exposed. And now you will you will have to expect that you, you know, and some people handle it incredibly well. Iggy is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> an is. absolute fucking Hall of Famer. The cat is navigating his struggles with Big Mike right now. <laughs> and so you have various spectrums. That's fun to watch right now. <laughs> in between. So uh, so I guess there's that. So people know what's important. I think people also get, I mean, you don't have shows usually uh, stick together as far as the main people on the, on the dais for a long period of time without a lot of turnover. It's just the way that it works. Um, I think TMA has had, I don't know. I mean, I hesitate to name it because I, but, but I mean, it's certainly less than 10 producers. I was about to say five or less producers, but I don't know. It depends on, you know, wh wh what you count. Cause Joe producer, Joe left after being with us for nine years. Uh, and in that time, Roderick was, was producing for like, while we played out the final two months of our 590, the man, 1380, the woman situation before we went and took care of that. Um, but I mean, for real, it's, it's like, you know, I mean, you know, that's just, that's super rare. Um, you know, and, and I also think on the other side of it, I think if you see a host or a show burn through people, I think it's a tell. So as far as how I don't, I don't, I really don't know. I guess I just get a feel for people, but, but I don't think it's like unique. I think you just, you, you know, I don't know. But then there's sometimes then people are like, Hey, why don't you get this person on the podcast? And this person does this and that. And I'm like, wow, you really think that person's like, I'm mean, like, that person like is so obviously a fraud that I'm surprised that somebody who like likes our shit would want that shit. And I realize I'm speaking like so cryptically that I don't think they <laughs> could possibly follow what I'm saying, but it's like, yeah, I would never want to bring that into our world because it's like, I know it's bullshit and I'm surprised that people follow it, but whatever, you know? Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't have a, I don't have a good answer to the question, but the, the, the premise is 100% correct. Um, the, it's, it's so important. I mean, it, it truly, somebody asked me, as a matter of fact, somebody who wants to invest, this was a text exchange yesterday. I actually think I might be able to read it. I think I might be able to read it. And I, th I think you're going to enjoy this gangster Pete. Um, I think I can read it. I know I'm not going to be identifying the person. Um, let's see. Um, 
have all of your investors stayed true to their commitments? Because he knows there isn't any room at the end, uh, which is great that we have more people than we have spaces to invest. Uh, and then I laid out, uh, where things stand and that everyone is in. Uh, but I said, I for certainly have not forgotten your interest. Uh, congrats, buddy. Just don't buy a bookstore when you can form Amazon. Do you know what he's trying to say there? Uh, yeah. He's, don't stay stuck in the past when you can evolve. Right. Which the premise being for those who don't follow it, and I know Pete does cause Pete's in the trenches on this thing is some people go, why the fuck are you buying a radio station when podcasts or wherever he's going? And I, and it's a wonderful question. I think I've touched on it. I will be more than happy to elaborate. Should everything come to fruition? Cause I have my reasons. It's not like I'm going, what? Hold on a second. There were podcasts out there. I'm well aware of it. <laughs> so I said, I respect the analogy. I just politely disagree with it. Number one, I'm under contract for another 18 months. So they wouldn't let me leave to form Amazon if I wanted to. Number two, this group of people who I'm so high on won't be available then to help build Amazon at the end of 2021. Um, and then I got into some business reasons. Uh, St. Louis won't just buy digital just yet. By that, I mean only digital. I don't believe. I mean, I guess I can't prove that. Can't prove a negative. Kind of like people wouldn't buy InsideSTL.com when I started it in 2005 or the podcast when I started it in 2017. There were a limited number of buyers. We can use the radio station as our home base to build the digital, build the events, build the merch, and build the social media. Uh, and then I, then I kind of get into some financial terms here, but you know, and he says, uh, you're the fastest texter ever. And I said, my mind is unhealthily strange. And he says, you guys will be successful with whatever you do. He said, I just want to be involved mostly to just talk shop because you have a quick mind. Um, but if you need guys who aren't fuck you rich, let me know. <laughs> uh, because I think this is going to work no matter what the path is, but he is a person and he's not the only person by the way. And Pete, I think you might even be in this category. And you're welcome to say it, by the way, especially now that it, you know, you know, it is kind of where it is in the process. Yeah, I'm in that category. Yeah, that, that there might not be a right near and I, and I, the, for a radio station, for, for the record. But, again. But, I mean, I, I understand your thought process, and I think that makes sense. You see what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. okay, I, I, well, yeah, I get it. And, and, there, and, and there are people who are part of it already and have been a part of it for a while. Obviously, the six on TMA, but it goes beyond the six on TMA uh, who are already a part of it. And, uh, people who will be a part of it, should it happen, who, you know, KFNS is not going to just let me walk and then go create something that's going to compete against them and, and take TMA with it and, and, and sell against it. Nor should they, by the way. So I'm under contract through the end of 2021. So all of these people who I want to be part of quote unquote building Amazon, which is certainly a stretch of course, but I, the premise being digital as opposed to bookstore, uh, would not be available at that time. So that's, that's a big factor. And I hope this uh, explains the thought process. In addition to if something I think I've said before, which is if, if, if the, the revenue is X now, how much of that revenue comes over to a digital only property in June or July of 2020? And if, you, and if one really believes it is X will transfer to X, God bless. I would vehemently disagree with that. Vehemently disagree with it. But if your expenses being Y are cut into substantially greater than the percentage of your expenses, your revenue X is cut into, then it's a win because it's all about the margin. Um, so it's a fair point. The thought process being let's build up the digital utilizing that which people at this moment are still comfortable with all while acknowledging it's probably 
heading toward being similar to what print was in 2005. And if you didn't see it, you didn't see it. It's like when Mike Bush came in here and did the interview and he said, how did you know? And I go, wow, you really didn't know. When I, and by reference to me leaving TV in 2005. Now, Mike Bush was making, you know, whatever the fuck Mike Bush was, just probably like 10 times what I was making at KMOV. So different worlds. But, um, but to me, it was so obvious. It's like, what do you think? Like local TV is like going to keep thriving? Does anybody like, does anybody like really think that? It shit doesn't matter anymore. I mean, it matters, I guess, but it doesn't matter to our audience. That's for sure. Um, so with regard to the, the, the question of the, the people, the people are the key. I mean, it just, it's, it's, it's as simple as that. It really is. This is, and that's why I always say, and it drives me up a wall when, and it, listen, anytime anybody calls you and wants to hire you, it's flattering. And it, that, I don't think that'll ever change, but it drives me up the wall when people want to hire me and they don't want to bring over the whole group. And again, it's a compliment, but I know that the whole group is the reason why the thing is successful. Just like drawing a parallel to it, the reason why this thing I think has a chance to be successful, willing to bet on it, obviously, is because of the people. And if you lose some of the people, then it materially changes the business model and my projections for the business because it's not like there is, you know, there are 20 of these people out there. Oh, well, that person's leaving. Okay, well, now this person, that's not the way that it is. Fortunately, investors-wise, it seems like there's a lot of interest, but that those are dollars. These are people, people who get what we're doing, who see the field the same way I see it, I think the same way Pete sees it, and then also know how to execute the strategy and also are quality people and really invested in it. And you can't put a dollar value on that shit, man. You can't put a dollar value on people being fired up, coming to work to try to build something. And maybe it won't work out. Maybe it won't work out. But you don't have this moment where you have these people gathered who you believe in so much. And so you got to seize the moment. So that's the thought process on it. It really, truly is about the people. And it goes without saying that I think highly of the people as far as character goes. Um, but it's not just that because I don't want people in the room. If I don't, I don't want people in my investment group. I could have somebody come along and give me a valuation five times as much as I'm going, but I think the person's a problem. I'm not going to take it because the business isn't going to work out or I'm going to be dealing with a headache. Uh, all right. I got, I got eight minutes. I'm going to see if I, uh, let's see. I see the word blackface and I think that's a good one to just skip right past. Uh, <laughs> eight minutes isn't going to cover that one. Uh, let's see. Good more. But I, I, it was about Howard. Are you familiar with the Howard Stern blackface? I'm not, I'm not familiar with it. Uh, I read, the, I read the it's article in the New York about Post, it, but yeah. I haven't, I didn't watch the video of it. It's, they're bringing up an old, yeah, from 30 years ago, I, but I honestly am not familiar with it. And I just know it's not anything. First off, I haven't read the story, so I'm not familiar with it. And secondly, I wouldn't do it justice in eight minutes. Final one here. I remember this one. This will be easy to do. Uh, good afternoon, Tim. Been meaning to ask you this as you are the only person that I know who does this. I've been doing metabolic meals for a few months now and I love it. I'm pretty lazy when it comes to the kitchen. I love grilling and cooking, but time is what makes me feel it's like a burden. I also have a problem with portion size, so I love their fit option. I know you are the best at everything, but why did you turn to metabolic meals? Do you do it every day? If so, do you use them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Does your lady do it with you? Even ever think about reaching out to ask them for sponsorship? Any appreciate any information is appreciates from the Lincoln County Lemming. Um, it's a great question. Uh, I began, I have been eating metabolic meals since January of 2010. And people, I think, still think I'm bullshitting about that. And I don't, I don't know why. I, I mean, I it's, it's just the truth. But you're, you're, you asked follow-up question. And my trainer at the time, a gentleman by the name of Jason Barber, 
uh, at uh, Fitness Factory on Washington Avenue. You ever work out there, Gangster Pete? Nope. Uh, it was a pretty cool place, right next to Flannery's. Been I, there. I what's that? <laughs> I've been there. Been there. I don't believe Fitness Factory is still there. I haven't been down there in a while, but that's where we lived. Um, lived right above Flannery's. And I was just like, okay. And I look, God, I look at pictures of myself even like five years ago, and I go, I wasn't fat, but I just like, you know what I mean? Kind of like the, like, like the faces yeah. full oh, type yeah. thing, you know what I mean? And uh, so I, I guess that was probably the case in 2010, and and he brought up nutrition. I'm just like, yeah, you know, and he's talking about this company that he had just started. I and mean, here it is now. And, you know, and there are a variety of athletes who use the product. I'm so happy for him. I mean, fuck, he was my trainer a decade ago. And now he's the, the owner of this thing that's, you know, shipping at the very least nationwide. I don't know if it goes international. Um, and I'm still eating. And uh, that's how I got started on it. And initially, right out of the gate, because this is my fucking crazy personality and Anna Marie was doing it too uh back in 2010 we were just religious with it and only ate it even though Jason said you know have a cheat meal have a cheat couple of cheat meals but you got to be you know can't abuse it uh you know having a cheat meal and I think some people still get caught up in this having a cheat meal doesn't mean go bat shit and eat a whole pizza you know now again if, if that's what you're going to do that's what you're going to do but if you want to adhere to the principles of the, the, the strategy you can't do that because the, the math is ca calories that's it people can tell you fat free or any of the carbs or any of that shit the math is calories calories expended calories taken in um and so initially i was like oh my god this is brutal this is too much um i'm not eating enough with that and i'm missing the shit that i love and i still do eat the shit that i love but it gave me, and then they started putting the macronutrients on there here a few years ago. And that's something that I've really adhered to. I track Caller Luke. I saw Caller Luke at the Fan Pin Club Championship. He goes, I don't think you're as crazy as you think you are. And I go, I don't know, man. I'm pretty fucking messed up. I mean, I know I'm not. And I don't know if I'm messed up or everybody else is messed up, but everybody else is over here and I'm over there. So I got to be the fucking weird one. And he goes, but the fact that you like weigh yourself and enter in what you ate and track your calories and macronutrients. That's fucking weird. I go, yeah, it is. Especially when I'm not like, I'm not training for anything, you know, but I will say this. Once you are told when you think you had just had a cold that you have cancer, you, you're, you, you become fucking nuts as far as like a hypochondriac goes. So that's really the root of it. Um, you know, to like track like a drastic weight loss. I lost a family member who, you know, they're like, yeah, he just thought he was losing weight. It turns out he had, you know, this illness and then he died and it's like, okay, so now, now it's in my head. I mean, that's, that's really, that's really why I, you know, the root of it, but still it's, it's, it's batshit. I know it. Um, but you know, I, after reading a book and it's the same book that I think led to my shoulder injury called, I think it's called bigger, leaner, stronger, which advocated lifting heavy weights, less reps. And then it also got into nutrition and how many, not only calories you should eat, but also macronutrients, proteins, carbs, fats. Uh, and metabolic meals puts that on each meal. I'm like, I'm able to track it and, you know, I'm able to stay to a certain, I'm, I am certain that for the first 35, almost 40 years of my life, actually, because I really started paying attention to, I didn't even know about macros until June of 16. Um, the reason I probably looked quote unquote skinny fat, and I'm sure some people probably didn't see it that way, but I look at it and I see it, uh, is because I was probably getting maybe half of the grams of protein I needed and God only knows how many carbohydrates. And so once you become aware of it, it's easy to monitor or you can just blow it off, but you at least know the math and the math is kind of easy to track.
especially now that companies go out of their way to put it out there. So, you know, if you're, oh, I don't want to get into it because it's going to lead to emails, but approximately <laughs> a gram of protein per weight I weigh, what did I weigh this morning? Gangster, what do you weigh, Gangster Pete? I haven't weighed myself in a really long time. Yeah. I guess around 165. Yeah, I would guess you're probably in the 160, 165 range. I weigh, a, I was a buck 57 this morning. So approximately, but I'm not lifting right now because my shoulder, um, a gram of protein per pound of weight. And then the ratio is like 40, 30, 20, I think like on then 40% protein, 30% carbs, 20%. Uh, fats, which, and, and, and like you actually have to eat a certain amount of fat. You're not supposed to like cut fats out. That's not healthy, but it's certain kinds of fats that are a problem. And the carb thing, you starve yourself from carbs. It's not sustainable. I see people go into these things and I'm like, yeah, it's going to work. And you're going to feel great about like when you weigh yourself, but you're It's not, you're not going to be doing it in two months and it's going to be a fucking mess. So metabolic meals, which I guess this sounds like a live read. It's not, but I do truly eat them. Um, Anna Marie does not. She felt like it was more geared toward men. Um, Anna Marie, this probably sounds creepy, especially for the <laughs> creepy things I get about Anna Marie, but um, I don't know, to her credit, like she is so, but she does yoga. She's so toned and in like the proverbial best shape of her life. Um But she does not like adhere to, but, but at the same time, she doesn't eat the shit that I eat. I will eat, Every day, I have a cup or two cups of coffee, an RX bar, uh, drink water, and then have a protein shake that's like 200 calories with 50 grams of protein and three grams of carbs. Uh, and then lunch is usually a salad or metabolic meals. And then I'll either have metabolic meals at night and maybe three or four nights a week. So that shows you. I'm not like adhering to this thing strictly. I will get what you would call shit. But I love it, and I'm, I'm I know I'm not going to ever change. I just, just I, I don't, and I don't want to. I have zero desire to. Now, if all of a sudden I started, you know, on on being five eight, suddenly shot up to you know buck eighty or something like that, I would, you know, I would have to keep myself in check. Fortunately, that isn't happening. But I'm 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 not able to lift anymore. I, I and hopefully I'll get sh- surgery and go back to it. But I'll never lift like I lifted again. I I I I, I got to I think one ninety five, and I know I will never bench press. 200 pounds, which I know for most people are like, dude, I do that to warm up, but you're also probably like, you know, first off 10, 20 years younger than me. And secondly, I'm like a, I'm like a little person, you know, I'm like <laughs> Mickey Carroll. So we're, we're two different worlds here, but yes, to answer the question, metabolic meals, big fan online at mymetabolicmeals.com. Big fan of the home loan expert, Ryan Kelly, big fan of James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, and a big fan of design air heating and cooling and Jim Rogers at restoration one. They make all of this podcast possible and we are incredibly grateful for their support it is design air heating and cooling it is the home loan expert.com it is mark hanna evergreen wealth strategies it is jim rogers at restoration one seth goldcamp design air heating and cooling they make the podcast possible thank you for your support gangster pete the cap yep. has arrived Twelve fifteen is approaching means i have a phone call thank you so much for sitting here and babbling with me good times all right for gangster pete i'm tim mckernan thanks for listening to another edition of the tim mckernan show on the Inside STL Podcast Network. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.